This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This is our Thanksgiving-themed episode, and instead of choosing a movie that has an actual Thanksgiving in it, we went to what could maybe be considered the first Thanksgiving? Who knows? And we're going to go back to see Pocahontas to see if our nostalgia is warranted. It was on Netflix. Yeah, it was nice. It was easy. It certainly fits the theme of the day of, you know, warring people coming to a, an acceptable truce. Maybe. Maybe. Anywho, Sarah, <laughs> you brought this forward. Do you have a they 60 together synopsis? to get rid of a man in a cape. I mean, it's a sweet cape, though, is the thing. Yeah, uh, well, I think I have a 60 second synopsis. We'll see. All right, here, here's your countdown. Three, two, one, go. Some guys from the Virginia Company decide to set sail for the New World to look for gold, um, led by some dude named Radcliffe. Um, in another part of the world, a Native American tribe has come back from defeating their enemies, and the chief's daughter, Pocahontas, has decided she does not want to marry the man her father has decided he wants her to marry the war hero. Um, when the other guys get there to find the gold, Pocahontas meets John Smith, and through tree magic, they learn how to understand each other and fall in love. Through miscommunications and Radcliffe the evil dude with the cape, they have tensions and decide to go to war against each other. John Smith gets captured after war uh, hero gets killed by Thomas, the tiny Christian Bale guy, and then Pocahontas decides to sacrifice herself to change John Smith. It brings to peace. Radcliffe gets captured. John goes back to England, and everyone's sad. The end. Just in time. <laughs> that made literally so, no sense. I don't believe at the end that everyone is, is dead. I think no, this sad. is why I she wants sad. to see the oh, clock. Sad. Okay. I didn't she wants say to see dead. the clock so that she can wait until the last second and then rush a bunch of stuff in just to get <laughs> before the like timer runs magic? out. Tree magic is pretty great. Let's <laughs> get into long form to talk all about it. So, Sarah, what do you want to say about tree magic? <laughs> There's a lot of tree magic. There is so much. I have a fan theory that I want to get to. That it's just um, drugs? Is it your no. fan theory or is it one you found? Uh, it's my fan theory. Okay. Um, so, at the very beginning of the movie, near where in we are introduced. What? In 1607. Oh, yes. That is the year. They sail the open um, sea for glory, God, and gold in the Virginia Company. <laughs> <laughs> That might be the best song of the whole movie. <laughs> no way! I have a, I have a better one for we, sure. We learned this song in one of my elementary school classes, and for some reason, that specific early lyric I still in remember. Sixteen hundred seven. We sailed, we sailed the, the seven seas. Open seas. Open seas. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to Carl's fan theory? Yes, or yes, what? yes. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, when we're introduced to, to Pocahontas, she is running to do something. I don't know, commune with nature, whatever it is she does. And the the chief's aide turns to him and says, 
Uh, she goes wherever the wind takes He's her. She has her mother's spirit. Is her mother the wind? Because she has like weird nature powers. She does not fear falling into water from any height. You know uh, what? I'll let you have this one. Colors of the wind. She touches things and they start to glow. And she can literally talk to trees. Plus, I'll, she floated on the wind at one point with John Smith. I'll I'll let you I'll let you have the wind one. I think that's I'll, yeah. I'll, I will I, say I that think as she a is some theory. sort of Native American spirit living in a human body. Also, the old man is the shaman. <laughs> that's what he is. Oh yes, the the chief's aide shaman man that, who that seems is, to know a lot about white men. Like, when they're talking about the tribes, he talks about, like, their thunder sticks that shoot Mm -hmm. lightning and how their sails or ships or some such nonsense. Uh, He knows way more than a Native American should. Because the the chief guy came in and was talking about these new people that we have to check out so we can see what they're like. And the shaman went off on all this stuff that he knew about them. And it was weird because nobody else had ever heard of them before. Oh, he didn't learn that from his, his shaman powers? I, was, I thought you were well, gonna say his to, shaman training as if you went to school for this well i'm sure you did i sure you uh, like apprenticed as a shaman under the old shaman so do you think he's like a descendant way down the line from the shaman guy in the road to el dorado no because they're in different Wait, countries the they are in different countries but they could have moved no they're different plus, tribes plus that guy died Hey, we are in Virginia. He came back to life as a jaguar, remember? <laughs> <laughs> the stone jaguar, no. which died. <laughs> Those are like the Aztecs. We are in Virginia. It's true. I don't know what tribe this is supposed to be, but I we are in Virginia. You know, um, um, it, the, the tribe is the same name as their chief guy. Oh, that Kyle, man, Kyle for Hatton, sure. Something. Pat, Pat, yes. These are that's, very no, different. That's a that's a Jedi thing. <laughs> yep, yes it is. <laughs> but no, these are very different types of tribes. They were like somewhere in South America. Yeah, but let's talk about the expedition because that is okay. about as well planned as the one that they did accidentally in the Road to El Dorado. And the run of Road to El Dorado, they found way more gold. Well, it seems like they they obviously weren't anywhere close to being the first expedition it seems like the action because obviously it's the virginia company they'd sent out people before this was this was a long-standing thing there were there were settlements all up and down the coast especially in the virginia area all that stuff it seemed more like the virginia company really wanted to get rid of radcliffe and was like (laughs) we'll just send him to an area we don't want to go to and just leave him him and the whole time all they were talking about is we're gonna go there and wipe out all the natives like it was like just a military operation it wasn't even supposed to be i think the virginia company went he's a crazy man give him a boat send him to an area we know there are no resources and just leave him there. He will get himself killed, and we won't have to deal with him anymore. Okay, because I like think Radcliffe's idea, are- though, was he showed a map at one point where down in Central America is where all the Spanish were going, and the expeditions were slowly moving more north to unexplored land, which they assumed had as much gold as the the yeah. place near the Gulf of Mexico. But, yeah, he's showing like Gulf mid Mexico. And they sent him to Virginia. 
I think he chose Virginia. Yeah, he's a crazy Because he's not person. Feel very bright. And that's why I think the Virginia company's like, yeah, send him anywhere. We don't want him. Because he's like, everyone makes fun of me at court. No one likes me. This is my last chance to make people respect me. And I think the Virginia <laughs> company's just like, yeah, let him do whatever. We don't want yeah, him yeah, in yeah. England anymore. Leave the country, please. <laughs> if this is the Virginia company, like a government operation, is he allowed to choose where he wants well, to go? Well, Virginia company's not, it wasn't a government operation. They were Yeah, a I think some kind of... I want to say say like he was a governor in no the... well and historically he was not a real governor okay in the he movie he the is movie. they call him governor radcliffe we don't uh, care about but... history this is a disney movie yeah. so in some <laughs> sense i want to feel like he secured the funds for the trip and like in that maybe you get some leeway to choose where you want to go he also I don't didn't know. even show up until they found though. out that they were already there but he's, he's like, like I'm going to hide in this ship somewhere like until we get to where we're going. Boat. All right. Before we move too far from it, the chief's name is Powhatan. Yes. Thank you. Which is not which is Padawan, but sounds name. a little like it, so it wasn't that far off. Oh, they're, they're an Algonquin. Okay. I have heard of that one. That is also <laughs> the name of a hotel in New York. I know this thing. Okay. <laughs> Hooray! Yes, you're welcome for this random knowledge from the brain. I we talked about in um, Tarzan. I was gonna be like, we were just singing this song like five minutes ago. <laughs> about two worlds, one family. Characters with obvious bad guys, and this movie had like he is an obvious bad guy. Like yes. the man wearing the cape is the bad guy. <laughs> Like That's the kind man of dressed like guy. no one else in the film is the bad guy. Yeah, and and every song he sings is an obvious bad guy song. Oh like, God! All right, talking about songs he sang, it was my favorite song in the film, which was the Dig Up Virginia one. <laughs> I couldn't stop singing that line. Just Dig Up Virginia boys. How, did you notice it was kind of a pun? Yes. Yeah, because I think, I think mine, the point that mine, I, mine, because digging is yes, mining. because he's taking it all. It's pretty great. Because it's mine because he mean, wants it, but it's mining because it's also digging. Sarah, I gotta say, it's not very subtle. It's kind of the point of the song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an obvious... But yes, it's great, because it's it's a word that means two things in English. But it's an obvious villain is obvious song. Like, yeah. Like, every other person has some shades of gray, and it's mostly misunderstandings due to mm, lack of communication mm-hmm. and differences in society except for him because he's the worst ever <laughs> though i do like that he's just an idiot he, he is, is a powerful idiot he's not I... conniving in any way he just he thinks there's gold here and by golly he's gonna get it from the I... indians who don't have it i did write down really late in my notes that everyone in this movie is a crazy stupid person (laughs) everyone does something at some point in this movie that is incredibly dumb and if they had just like chilled out for about five seconds none of this wouldn't have happened oh you mean (laughs) pocahontas is cliff diving and taking a canoe off of waterfalls um pocahontas should have been dead before the europeans even showed up because she from is, disease, if nothing else. Well, from just <laughs> jumping off a really tall thing. So I happened to find some things today that that were alternate endings, fan made. Oh, how it should have ended, type of thing. And one of them was the the point. Well, we we haven't quite gotten there yet. But when John Smith meets Pocahontas, 
Mm. And he is getting ready to shoot this Indian who's the first one he's seen <laughs> while being there. He's hiding behind a waterfall, getting his gun ready, and he jumps out, and then he doesn't shoot her. But yeah. in the alternate ending, he just hops out and goes bang, and then it pops up. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Yeah, I like that he is so ready. Like, he spends all the time preparing his gun, lighting this very long fuse that he needs to trigger this thing. He jumps out. Is like, oh, shit, she's pretty. Yeah. Stop right now. <laughs> Did you notice there's a lot of Little Mermaid parallels in the very beginning of this movie? First off, I might have. One is of it the that... things... Oh, God. Really early, one of the ways we're introduced to our male hero involves a storm. True. On and someone ship, falling no off a boat. Yeah. <laughs> even, even though it's Christian Bale. Now, he did not have a giant statue of he himself, did not. but I'll give you this. And also, the way we are introduced to our female lead is because she doesn't show up to an, a very important formal event where her father wants her to be there. <laughs> it's like, oh, royal event for the father? Where's the daughter? Who knows? It's the Who same knows? thing as The Little She's Mermaid. She's off with where... her mother, the wind. Because it's the same thing with The Little Mermaid, where it's like, where's Ariel? I don't know. Just I gone. <laughs> She's looking at treasure. Isn't it neat? Yeah. So it's the same scene. <laughs> Except that he doesn't get mad. He's just like, eh, she's probably off by the river. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of argue that, like, she needs to get the voice to talk to him. Like, there is a language barrier between the love interests. Yeah. Yeah. You need the magic. <sighs> to be f- I wrote down. Can we stop talking before we play <laughs> games later on? <laughs> Sorry. I will say that, Sorry, Mark. that the magic tree, the magic tree that allows them to communicate with each other and understand grandmother each other's Willow. grandmother Willow yes. that allows them to understand each other's language is actually a much better reason for them to be able to understand each other's languages than most sci-fi movies give because most sci-fi movies are just like whatever they can just they all speak english at least or they have some like sort of reason. translator yeah communicator things i mean it's but... tree magic but at least they give a yeah. reason it's it's like I think the grandmother's words were, listen to your heart and you will understand. And then the magic wind swirled around them and they went, oh yeah, yes. now we can hear the them. Mother. I, the mother. I, okay. the, the wind is very important in this. I cannot believe that it is not related to her somehow. Because <laughs> it also comes up with the compass at the end. They just This magnetic wind just starts spinning around <laughs> the compass. And, and it comes up at the very end, which I will reference again when we get to the very end. Because I love that very how this movie ends because it's beautiful and it made me teary. I but well, we will have a we'll get to that. about that. Oh. But yes, okay. we're getting there. So after Pocahontas shows up, the first thing that happens with her is she sings a song. Well, mm-hmm. she well, no, she jumps she off a jumps cliff. off a cliff. She talks to yes. her friend. She gets she told, nearly kills her bird friend. She nearly kills her bird friend. Poor poor Flit. He he gets <laughs> abused a lot. He does, but he also gets in the way of the love interest. That was his own fault. He tried to run right into the raccoon's butt because it looked like a target. Because it was a target. It was great. um, It was his own fault because he did that and got stuck in the boat. He does get used as a sword later, though, which is Yeah, it's adorable. Um, It is adorable. Um, He was my favorite character when I was little because he was a little hummingbird and he was adorable. Um, (laughs) No, but then she gets told she has to, she should marry this guy. She isn't being, like, forced into it. Like, he's just like, no, this guy's real steady and stable and will take care of you. You definitely sh- probably should think about marrying this guy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, no, that's boring. Well, no, I've had this magic dream. I'd like I've to go with the magic, magic dream. dream boy. And then she has a, she has her the first big song, which is um, Just Around oh, the River Bend. Yeah. And I want to say, we've talked about during in previous episodes, with especially with Anastasia, that 
sometimes movies have really, really bad vocal dubbing. And I want to, yeah. at least, because I will bring it up later when in a later singing part, but at least when it comes to the character Pocahontas with, with Irene um, Bedard and Judy Kuhn, Judy Kuhn did a very, very good job mimicking Irene Bedard and sounding like her her vo- talking voice when she sang. Was- I would have to agree with that because I did yes. not notice any difference whatsoever. The Where I did notice a difference, though, was what in is The Winnie Chief. What is Winnie the Pooh? Yes. Yeah, The it's- Chief was different. Jim Cummings. Yep. I-, I think they just cast Jim Cummings as the vocal voice for literally everyone in Disney movies because I think they pay him in bulk. Like, yeah. they get some discount for, He's like... He's got him on retainer. <laughs> yeah. It's usually a contract, but yes. <laughs> but he's been in other animated movies that weren't even Disney. I know, uh, they just... So... He's just a great voice actor. But yeah, so for that one, it was great. Like, Judy Kuhn, who I... She's she's amazing. I love her in uh, things that are not Disney. She's she's my favorite um, version of Cosette in Les Mis. She's been in a bunch of Broadway stuff. She's amazing. Um, but she did very good job studying... Irene Bodeau and making sure she she mimicked her really well. Jim Cummings, I could just I don't know if because we've watched so many movies with him in it now that I'm just like, oh no, that's him. Even and in his shaman voice because he did both the chief singing voice and the shaman. Voice. No kidding. And in the shaman one, I'm like, oh, it's Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought so too. Like it just sounded like Winnie the Pooh every beehole. time. It was it was not as great, and he only really <laughs> sings in like one song in the uh, he sings in Savages, Savages, and I think that's only the really one where he sings for a very extended amount of time, where it's super obvious. But it was it was pretty pretty noticeable. Yeah, I mean, I think his voice changes significantly. It's clearly not the same person. It kind of suggests as as if the chief has an alternate personality that's coming out, and it and it's kind of bad because um. And shoot, I'm forgetting the name of the guy. The guy who does the voice of the chief, his talking voice has such a very, very nice voice. Russell Means yes. is who you're looking for. Yes, Russell Means. He has a very great, deep, like commanding voice. And you don't quite get that from Jim Cummings as the singing voice. And it's a little bit of disappointment. So, sorry, Jim Cummings, I like you and other things. You're great. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it, not that it's a disappointment. It, the it actual sound of his voice—it's yes. the fact that it doesn't sound the same as yeah. the speaking voice. Mm-hmm. And Russell Means has a—I mean—great voice for the chief. So while we're talking about voices and characters, I want to get to the the character in this movie. I had the most problem with just because his voice doesn't match who he should be, and even his character design is not really the thing he should take. It's it's Kokuum. Uh, who is supposed to be like their best warrior, which is why the chief has chosen him for his daughter. But compared to like the other Native Americans in the same shot with him, he's not the biggest guy. He doesn't seem like the, the biggest, roughest athlete. And even his voice isn't as deep as like that character would suggest. I assumed he was more like they didn't need him to be big and strong. They needed him to be swift and stealthy like a panther. But Although they, they did compare him to a bear. Yeah, he's strong as bear. And that's why he has bear claws on his chest. Maybe they should yes. have done that. Maybe they should have been like, he is stealthy. He like, is swift mine. as the eagle's eye that spots a mouse and kills it great. You shouldn't write the line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> also, I wonder how they would have done that with the, the hand. And I don't believe a single hand could have made that bear claw so perfectly. Oh, it's almost as if it was animated? It was almost like it was animated. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, the, a note that I was going to bring up before was one of the things I absolutely loved about this movie was all of the designs of like the silent animals. Because uh, you you have Flit, as previously discussed. You have, what is it, Miko and Percy the dog? Percy the pug! Yeah, uh, so, all of them with unique animations and like the way that they move. Unique personalities. Yeah, I'm convinced that so Percy good. is the reincarnation of Lucifer from Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits around being lazy all day, and when some and other animal shows up, he tries to chase them around, but he gets tired out too quickly and wants to sit around being lazy again. So, so I always look up like trivia and stuff because I like having a little background knowledge and stuff. And I will say that one of the best things Disney ever did was originally they were supposed to talk. And originally, wow. there were that rumors that there originally there was supposed to be a sidekick character voiced by John Candy. <laughs> but then he died. <laughs> and uh, definitely oh, good goodness that they gracious. Didn't do that. And, and they got rid of that character because John Candy died. And they eventually got rid of any talk- characters talking at all because they decided mm-hmm. this movie was too serious. To have those characters talk, they it's like a silent having a, movie. Nobody a, talks. <laughs> they liked having a little bit of the lighthearted characters, but they didn't want to overwhelm it by having them be talking animal characters. Right, and I think that was a very good decision. Yeah, because uh, their antics every time they're on screen, they're great. Where Miko's just trying to steal everything because that's what raccoons do, and it's wonderful. Yeah, but but I mean, this is compared to some of the ones that came like directly before it, like. Um, Let's see, Beauty and the Beast would have been before this, Little Mermaid. Was Aladdin before this? Yes. Yeah. Um, this was a lot more serious. Like, this is dealing with some racism and, and murder and genocide and some pretty yeah. serious issues. And based on true yeah. kind of almost history. <laughs> and so I, I think this was a good direction for Disney. And actually, I, I read some of the stuff. This was why this one didn't quite do as popular originally as well as some of the other ones because it was this weird thing is the kids didn't quite get it because it wasn't quite so happy and fun because yeah there's a there's definitely darker side to this and it leaves you with a a weird emotion as well Mm -hmm. uh, which we will get to at the very end but I could definitely see why it didn't make as much as some that would have the classic Disney happy ending Although the animals were probably my favorite part of the movie when I was younger. Oh, for sure. Yes. So. Yeah, I mean, they're where kids really tie into it. Um, another goofy character they may tie into was the Radcliffe's aide, who was just like, mm, I don't know, he was kind of aloof and didn't really grok what was going on around him. He's just kind of making a topiary whenever bad stuff happens. And he made a fake arrow through his head Yeah, thing. it was pretty great gags. Oh, before we get too far away from the beginning, I had a note here that I loved what they did, uh, juxtaposition of stereotypes at the very beginning. Because, as you said, we, we start in two different places. We have John Smith on the boat to this new land, and this is where we see things are just completely out of control, things are wild, things are going wrong, and they're struggling to survive. And then we go to the Indians, where everything is structured, everyone has a job, people are in the fields, boats are moving smoothly along the river back home, and it's it shows that like 
the English are having the wildness around them, whereas the Indians have a more structured society, even though at this time they were considered savages. I thought that was a really nice touch. It's like, no, they're not exactly, one's not better than the other. They both have this side to them, which I think is a, a theme throughout the film. Disney looking like into some of the, the background stuff and Disney did try really hard working on stuff to to make sure if you look at all of the voice actors for those characters are played by Native American actors mm-hmm. and they brought in a lot of researchers and a lot of consultants and stuff on that. And for I think it was Colors of the Wind, mm-hmm. it actually is based on a letter written by a Native American chief. And I think it was Chief Seattle to the American government. And so they did do a ton of background research and bringing in Native American consultants and and people like that to help give stuff like opinions and stuff like that. And so, well, in the end, like there are some people who say, oh, it's the worst portrayal ever and blah, like that. You do also have stuff like, um, shoot, I'm going to forget his name again. What was his name? The guy who played the chief. Um, Rus- that was Russell Means? Christian Bale. Nope. No, uh, Russell Means. Is <laughs> Russell correct. Means. He 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 went on record as saying it was his, in his opinion, the most respectful and best portrayal of Native Americans in movies. And so there are some mm-hmm. people who say it's, and so you can say, yeah, there's probably notes where they got it wrong. But I sure, mean, but they, I think they, they did try. Yeah, th- I think they also got notes wrong about the Virginia company they were trying to start here. I mean, yeah. you have to take leniency with a film like this because it's meant for children. You do have to pick and choose what you can yeah. show them and try to make a story. It is, it is wrong. There, it just is. But I yeah. think they did try to be very respectful and not being like, oh, it's it's the the Europeans coming and civilizing. No, right. it was. And um, Alan Menken, who does the music and for mm-hmm. like all of Disney stuff. Yeah. He did a lot of his um, music based on Oscar and Hammerstein stuff. And I really like that because if you look at Oscar and Hammerstein's like, especially stuff like South Pacific and stuff, it, it was really ahead of its time and did stuff like um, in South Pacific, there's a song called You Have to Be Carefully Taught. And it's about dealing with, to have the hatred and racism stuff, you have to be constantly, as a small child, be drilled in your head and taught that to hate these people that are different from you. And it was kind of, and, and talked about background and using sort of those bases for songs in this movie and I kind of like that background and and because South specific that movie that play came out in 50s probably and mm-hmm. using that and using that really early kind of musical theater history of of coming out with this idea of racism hatred and using it in this movie in the 90s I thought was just fun musical theater trivia for people oh yes well done good research I did not know any of that going in. I still appreciate the film. Uh, let's see. I didn't know it going in. I learned it afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's kind of just fun little nuggets to learn later. Oh. Oh. Oh, there. and talking about the fun <laughs> character of the uh, Radcliffe's assistant, I wrote down yeah. that my favorite line of his was, "Will something about we'll greet them like Englishmen, and he's like, gift baskets? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think my favorite line is uh, Radcliffe is complaining about why the the Indians are 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 upset with them, and he lists like, "Well, we're coming to their land, we're cutting up their trees, we're digging up their gold, and we're taking it back to our country." And he's like, "No, no, no, that can't be true." He's just pointing out all the reasons that the Indians would be very upset with these people. Radcliffe is very delusional. Like he's like, yes, he's. He's like a sad little child. Yeah. He's like, 
No one ever shared their toys with me, so now all the toys are mine. <laughs> no one else well, gets any toys. Yeah, my he, toys. He has a line in the very beginning when he's introduced, or maybe when they get to the the new world, where he says, I've never been a popular man. Yes. And I went, oh, really? <laughs> when he's talking about, like, everyone hates me and they say mean things about me at court, so this is my chance to make them like me. He, yes, he really I will is. have all the gold, and then they'll be forced to like me. Like this bratty little kid who cannot share and turns into this psychotic adult. Yeah, literally, mine, mine, mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, oh my God, that's a that's another term for digging. I also have a note that just says little fatty raccoon. <laughs> uh, he does like to eat everything he comes across. Yeah, which made me curious, how many of those cracker things did John Smith bring with him? Because, like, he loses at least a good, like, 200 to this raccoon. And then he so tries to eat the compass, too. Maybe he's yeah. been starving himself on that boat, and he was just like, oh, more crackers? Stick <laughs> it in the pocket. Yes, it's better than hardtack, apparently. Uh, but with the the compass, I feel like they had a, they had an allusion to Aladdin a little bit, where he's like, don't worry, he can't break it. And then he just, like, pounds it on the rock it on the and tree. nearly breaks it. Uh, which they had another allusion to Lion King with the, the very similar pride rock in this. Oh, yes. I, I saw I, that, too. I did write things down that Disney loves pointy rocks. Oh, yeah. It's where you have all of your dramatic seeds. Only this time, we're not honoring a baby. This time, we're sacrificing a white man. I mean, it's Mel Gibson, so... <laughs> Well, so, right. you know. Mel Gibson at this time was all right. He went off the rails later in life. He did a lot of drinking. Yeah, is he a Scientologist? He might as well I don't be. Think that so. that I think was he's Tom Cruise. There were a lot of Scientologists, I and think yes, he you're was right. Catholic. He's definite. Well, yes, because that's he also, right. That he other did movie. like the well, passion. He did a lot of drugs <laughs> and drinking. It'll kill your brain cells. Don't do drugs, kids. Your brain cells. So where are we in the movie right now, anyway? We are jumping around, but <laughs> in my notes, we're near the color of the wind. <laughs> which we should talk about, because it is the most iconic song from this movie. It's the one that you hear all the time. I would not say that it's my favorite. I I really appreciate Although it. Although I especially... also say that none of the music... It's good music, but mm. out of all the Disney stuff, this would not be my favorite. Like, okay, and, that's, like that's this fair. Whole soundtrack. I would probably say that too, but I do love colors. That's the one. I don't know, because um, I love songs from other things. I don't know. Arguably, there are some that have just like a perfect soundtrack. Whereas this one, I don't know if there's a bad song in it. Because uh, let's see, because beginning they were all had... recognizable like as soon yeah, as they started they were all I knew pretty the big tune. songs there weren't any like filler in this yeah i i knew the melody and everything as soon as the song would start i wouldn't necessarily remember the words but i knew the song Except itself when it would start but i don't think it was ever i don't know they don't just don't stick in my mind as well as ones from other movies i guess yeah, I guess what I really liked about this, um, the Colors of the Wind song, is it's where it had a little leniency with the animation, because uh, they do all sorts of different things. Like, at one point, they're just in, like, watercolor, uh, and it's in the magic of a song, and so it doesn't distract from the film at all. The this is where they can get a little cool experimental. This movie has some cool water. Yeah. Like, some real pretty water. 
Yeah, but you also she gets to meet so many more animals because she saves a bear from becoming gets, an orphan. She gets to be real sassy in this song too. She gets to be like, oh, oh, you think? Because <laughs> he he says a lot of real dumb stuff. Oh, and she's he just sure like, does. Oh, oh, really? Really? <laughs> uh, I think one of his lines are, "You think that just because you don't know better." And and I like that she does not like at all put up with it. She's like. Uh-huh. uh-huh. See, you'll show us how to destroy the land as you have. It it's it's this very like and like there's even people now that's like, you're great people, but I want I I want to protect you because I know better than you. Well no, you need to not. And she like yeah. shows the gun at him at one point. I'm like Here, Good take job, this fire stick. Get it's out a, of here. It's a for being a beautiful song, it is also a very sassy song. <laughs> at its root. But it's also very pretty. It's also yeah. really great for someone with my range to sing loudly in the car. So oh, yeah. it's a great sing-along song. I love song. this song. Uh, but like, you also get so many different images and so many different scenery. Because oh, yeah. the scenery in this movie is largely just two different areas. You don't see a different, uh, maybe a third with Grandmother Willow. Whereas this in like, this song, you are visiting like the entire countryside. This is like the music video song. Yeah. This... <laughs> This is the, the advertisement for the Algonquin country. <laughs> uh, oh, though it does end with this dumb sexual tension moment where I'm just like, oh, just kiss him already. But it doesn't happen girl. until much later. Well, is this the part where, um, no, I think is that later when Flit breaks them up? Oh, that was earlier, I think. Was it earlier when Flit, that like... Well, no, that might have just been before this, because... I'm either thinking, because they meet like three times. One, John is scouting and she's hiding and I don't think they come together. The next one is the waterfall, which I don't think Flit was there. And then this one, she would have been, she would have had a canoe coming to meet him and Flit might have been there for this. At, so at maybe some just, point, just they before this song. almost kiss yes. and Flit like, it was like, no safe room for Jesus. And he's like, no, nope, kiss. <laughs> Make room for bird Jesus. <laughs> Make room for bird Jesus. And I just think it's a funny moment. It's pretty great. Oh, though, when Pocahontas gets back, uh, it's almost a uh, Music Man moment where the chief is like, we got trouble. Trouble right here <laughs> in Engine City. It, it is a really weird, like, he's like, nothing is simple anymore. But I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty bad situation. But also this movie started with you coming back from a war, so nothing yeah. in your village seems to be very simple either, so. But I really love that too, because it shows that, yes, the Indians fought among each other. They were not a completely peaceful race yeah. before these wars started. God, it's just it, that it, it gives depth to the characters that are there, stereotyped. There are a lot of, um, I don't know what word I wanted to use. I didn't want to use movies, but like. Media? I don't know. There's yes, a lot thank of you. media? Media that, that want to do this portrayal of, of different groups as being like totally passive and one-dimensional and oh, they're so innocent and harmless instead of being these complex, fully grown societies. And and if you leave them out, this this part of their society, which is, yes, they did, they, they were, each tribe was a different society with different customs and different trading and different stuff and yes they did fight with each other and go to war against each other and different things and if you leave that part out of things you're not giving a full representation of that right. group of people and you're kind of 
infantizing them and why would you do that and i like that disney doesn't do that yeah uh to paraphrase a recent mabim bam i i thought he was a humble savage turns out he's just a human being who knew <laughs> um, uh, let's see so moving on in the film i mean uh the next part we come to is where john smith meets grandmother willow and it has the line that tree is talking to me <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should talk back <laughs> Yeah, Pocahontas is, like, not super sympathetic at all to the fact that, like, yeah, I, she's just like... Yeah, it's yeah, like, I talk to trees every day. She's now, like, my question here, is she the only one who can talk to Grandmother Willow? I assume She's the only one so. you ever see talking to her. Right, but, like, does the tribe even know about this magical tree? I mean, maybe the shaman? Maybe. Coco shows up later. But he, he doesn't does. Yeah, I don't he know don't if he's there to that tree, because though. of the tree. Kokolan is steady as the river. I doubt he talks to trees. <laughs> I think he's steady as the beating drum. But they say he's steady like the river, too, because <laughs> yeah, they do. she's like, no, the river is not steady, and then she has a little uh, song about it. Should I choose the smoothest course? Steady as the beating drum. No, but her father says he's steady <laughs> like the river, and she's like, "No, the river isn't steady because my oh, favorite thing the river is always moving, always flowing because you yes, can never step in the same river twice." Yes, because she says her father is wrong because the river isn't steady. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they also have a, a great moment here where he describes to her what gold is, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. did corn? you mean this? Is it corn?" It it weirdly reminds me of there's things for like El Dorado and and places where people are like have the opposite where there's too much gold where they're like oh you want this nonsense this nonsense is just bricks and they're just like what are you crazy people <laughs> it's kind of like the 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 um, the Indiana Jones movie that doesn't exist where they go to the place and find out that it was aliens and it wasn't that there was gold the treasure was knowledge uh, so it's like the treasure is here power, is not food. money or whatever I didn't hate that movie as much as everyone else did I didn't really either it just doesn't really fit with the other words also ones. at the time I really loved Shia LaBeouf okay I didn't hate the movie but it did drastically change the theme of these films mm -hmm. which were you do not mix sci-fi with fantasy. Or if you do, you have to do it at the very outset. Yeah, it changed the entire feel of the movies, which didn't really... It just didn't match the other I three. I just didn't understand uh, Kate Blanchett's Russian accent. That's no, no, I don't even yeah. remember her in the film, but why don't we talk she about Coco? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Coco yes. not, did not have time to talk to that tree. He had warrior things to do and had to go be like a bear. I think that's what his job was. <laughs> well, obviously he was pretty like strong because he was going to win that fight until oh, he got shot. He, yeah. This is uh, a scene that bothered me later. Are we okay. to that scene yet? Where where uh Coco gets shot? I don't even Not know what really, scene we're at but, yet. Because we were just where John Smith met Grandmother Willow and okay. yeah, jumped what, around we, we to can, other grandmother. We can Willow. move around. If you got something to say. I say don't it. even know what scene we're at anymore. It we're at no that, scene. We're oh, in media no, res. We're go. just trying to figure out who can talk to the tree. Okay. But obviously the animals can see the tree. Yes. Yes. Because Percy freaks out when and the tree like, yells at him. And she, like, spits a squirrel. <laughs> and she what? yells at the frog. Like, the squirrel's on her face, and she, like, 
That's right. Yes. <laughs> now, oh, okay. and the army guy. Well, what? I don't know their names. The two randos from. No, oh, you mean they, don't, they don't see the tree, but they get tripped by the vines and see them move. Like you the mean roots move. Billy Connolly and other Billy Connolly. <laughs> sure. And I think you mean the Whomping Willow. Whomping, yes. <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure it's Billy Connolly. It Whipping Willow, fine. It's just, it's just the early version of the end to there in. <laughs> Okay, maybe America. Billy Connolly didn't play both of those characters, but I know Billy Connolly played one of those because his voice is, his Scottish accent is instantly recognizable as the Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim voice. <laughs> He's that guy. Okay, well, I wouldn't know that because I believe that is from Treasure Planet. No, yes. <laughs> Muppet the Muppet treasure. one, yes. I was gonna say Treasure Planet, treasure and I'm like, planet. nope, that's the animated version. But but yes, you don't the know Muppet who one. Billy Connolly is? Nope, sure don't. Uh, from, sure, like, well, mm. I don't know Saints. any of these names you've been dropping all night because I don't care. So, Duck Saints, The Hobbit. He played the guy in the pig. No. What? Is, is, is <laughs> See, I'm not more confusing. In the last Hobbit movie. I didn't oh, see the that, last Hobbit. Neither of us saw that one. So I'm going to stop you so... right there. Fine. But did you see Boondock Saints? Yes. Nope. He plays the father that shows up at the end and helps them uh, murder everyone. Okay. Okay. The man with six guns. Yes. Okay. There we go. Well, we're on the... All right. I, I see what we're... All right. I'm on board. Anyway. I, I've heard the Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim thing, but yeah, played, I wouldn't recognize um... the guy's voice from that. He has a very, very strong Scottish accent. Really. All right. Going back to the film. I want to talk <laughs> about it very specific. Do we have to? Oh, maybe. Uh, there's a thing that I loved where uh, constantly throughout the film, Miko and Percy are fighting, usually over food, and usually with Miko winning, taking all the food. At one point, they find a, a fatty little raccoon. Yeah, I've, he. They find a uh, a hollowed out tree stump, and they do like a cat dog routine, <laughs> which I found hilarious. Where, uh, well, I suppose it isn't cat dog because they have they're not two headed, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like this extended creepy animal coming out throughout the woods, and I I just it bowled me over. This is one of my favorite laughs of the film. Just like these two things that were fighting came together to make this spooky monster that scared off people. Yeah, who got somebody got scared by that? Was it those two guys that? Had I think just it been was those two guys. Roots? Oh, another thing I wanted to say about uh, Miko and Percy though is I loved how their conflict mirrored the larger conflict going on throughout the film. Because at the very end, the way that their conflict resolves is Miko hands Percy a dog treat sharing his food for once and their necklaces have switched with yes. um miko and wearing the dog's collar and the dog Percy having pocahontas stays with pocahontas that's true mm-hmm. because he I, also I shows it's... up in the sequel well i mean radcliffe was going to jail so where else was percy gonna go with john smith was, <laughs> with thomas all right he christian bale be... would take care okay, of so... he'll be bat dog so this is like what? What is Bat Thomas dog. even doing there? 
Like, everyone else is, like, big burly military guy he's, out on this ship to go like attack the enemy. He's a 17-year-old trying to make his fortune. Yeah. He says I mean, that at one point. He's like, I'm going to get some gold so mm-hmm. I can make my fortune and I can have this life. Because you but see him at the very beginning. he was just in the way the whole time. He gets he, he, yes. he couldn't hold the ropes on the ship. He gets knocked overboard. People have to rescue him. Then when he gets there, he doesn't know how to shoot and almost shoots his own people. It's, it's like, you should have learned be this fair, stuff before you shot, went on the trip. If he had shot Radcliffe in that really early scene, this movie <laughs> oh, would have been movie much quicker. Over. And then suddenly, they could have been like, hey, let's just make friends with that Native American tribe, and we can just, like, eat some corn. Well, they all wanted to. It was just Radcliffe that talked him out of it. Yeah, because the other people were too tired from digging holes. <gasps> Speaking of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> 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 I gotta write something down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured you might. Luckily, I prepared my games beforehand. <laughs> so did I, but this just. <laughs> it's very Too late now. We all know what's coming. Uh huh. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we are nearing the third act, which is them going to war. So now is the point. If you have anything before the war song. Uh, which uh, I believe it's just I think savages. maybe my favorite song of the show. But actually. The war song happens after Coco. Yes, yes. After yes, yes. Coco on the show. I really wanted to. Coco butter? Is that what you're gonna <laughs> call him? I was gonna say Coco. <laughs> what? Don't worry about it. Um, Coco. Uh-huh. Coconut. So I get <laughs> Pocahontas was upset that Coco got killed. Yes. But I. But, like, he was trying to, like, straight-up murder John Smith. And Correct. she is in love with John Smith. And Cocoaum, like, straight-up smacked her to the ground. Like, Correct. he straight-up almost punched her in the face. It was kind of her fault. She's the one, well, not really. Well, but she's just making out with she, John Smith. No, no, be, yeah, she but snuck she away from knew. The tribe. She, well, she ran no, away and did this thing that was felt. against the rules. She met the white people that she wasn't supposed to be talking but she to. Told and Kokoam was, was supposed to be do. marrying her, and she ran away no, and ignored him no, all the time. No, she never agreed to that. Correct. And she, she told to. her dad it might be something she would do. If and anyone's to blame, uh, they do kind of point it out in the film. It is Pocahontas' best it's friend. Nakoma. Nahoma, it's Nakoma. Who is supposed to be a friend, but refuses to lie even once. I think because she's in love with uh Coco. Cocoa. And she's well, like, she can have him. him. Yeah. Well, now he's not dead. anymore. <laughs> no. But like she's so mad at, at Thomas like but he's like it was so like kind of like I'm trying to make sure my friend doesn't get murdered. Yeah. And, he did the right like, thing. So mad cuz he did it with a gun. Even with a bow and arrow at that range with a, a decent sized bow and arrow you can murder a person. Like from that range. That's true. I you suppose can murder them from lots of ranges if you hit them in the right place. So <laughs> I suppose the problem here is not because he wasn't. Was he immediately dead from the gun? I can't. He remember. got hit and just kind of fell over and was yeah. dead. I think because they went up okay. to try to see him and he wasn't breathing. Because part of the problem would be that the medicine men of her tribe don't know how to deal with this kind of injury. So any injury but from a gun. Is- is going to be fatal because they probably wouldn't even take the bullet out. The English they couldn't know have saved John Smith if he'd stabbed him in the neck. I mean, that's a fair point. Okay, but John Smith gets shot later, and they're going to take him on a boat trip all the way back to England yeah, to save but him. I'm still not sure where did he get shot because he did like he was going for the back, but then he did some weird ballet turn. <laughs> It was some real 
weird animation at that yes. point because he's like which we are we are by measures <laughs> getting to in the third act. anyway but i just think they needed pocahontas to overreact but still like coco smacked her to the ground and all she right. wasn't mad I at him did, at did all. she ever react that much? Oh, no. okay. I thought you were saying that she oh. did react and, no, you, were, and she, you didn't like it. She but yeah, never, I didn't think she reacted that much at all. Because then she goes straight to John Smith's tent after they capture him. And she doesn't even care about uh, Coco and being dead. Well, yes. No, I she's mean, like legit. She does not care at that point about John Smith. She's just like, I don't care that he almost got murdered. It's just about this guy that I really didn't care about until five seconds ago. Well, no, it's it's the Disney princess syndrome in that they have to be pure good. She may not have liked this guy, but that doesn't mean she wanted him to die. And, and she never clears up the fact that when John Smith gets taken away, one, he didn't do it. And two, Kokoom started it by attempting to stab him in the neck with his spear. But right. at this point, the Indians were all scared of them anyway. But so... like, she never says anything. She just like is following along. It's like whatever. Okay, there's no maybe. There's no trial here. But she doesn't even try to talk to her dad. At every other point, she tries to argue with her dad about everything. And at this point, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but the dad wouldn't have listened anyway. But that never chief. stopped her before. He has all the power. Yeah, but that but never when, stopped her before. It when never they're stopped arguing from... back and forth, they both have their views. He has to listen. When Kokuum dies, he's got a pretty great bargaining chip that he's still dealing but with the grief with. John didn't kill him. I, Thomas I am, did. I am aware. Why didn't Pocahontas? They didn't said, but catch to Thomas. them, all white men are the same. But Pocahontas never said anything. We don't care. Dramatic irony. I but don't why know. Why did Pocahontas not care? She's in love with this guy. He didn't shoot Kokoam. Why didn't she said, you've got the wrong guy, and Kokoam was trying to stab him in the neck? Because <laughs> that would have been too wordy, and she needed <laughs> to go have a night with her grandmother to decide if she really loved this man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the next scene is a scene that Disney, where they fixed things before by having the animals not talk, they broke this scene. This five-second scene where she comes in and says... I'm sorry, you're going to die. I love you. And then she leaves. Yeah. And it's like five seconds long. Yes. This scene was originally so much longer. Really? There it's was definitely an... better the way they did it. No, 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 it is not. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> no. There was an entire song. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> there was a love song. For the animals? I did not... No. No, it was with John Smith tent, and Pocahontas. I will yeah, say, yeah. Mel Gibson's voice maybe could have used some dubbing yeah it was questionable that part and some of the animation was not great but i will chalk that up to the fact that it wasn't originally finished yes i i was about to say something that scene in particular was not well made well it wasn't originally finished they 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 finished it mm -hmm. in quotes for the special edition anniversary edition mm. it wasn't originally done and so it's it's this weird montage scene and i don't think it originally if they had actually not cut it out, if they would have fixed it or done it better. But I think when she just goes in, they talk for two seconds when he's about to die. It doesn't feel very romantic. Like, she's just like, I'm I'm sorry. You're, I wish you didn't have to leave. Or I wish you had never <laughs> met me or something. Isn't that the yeah. one? He's like, no, even if I die, I'm, oh, even at a, I don't even know what the line is. Something about if I, I'd rather die tomorrow than live a hundred years without yeah. knowing you. Aww, and that's it. And that's then she leaves. Horrible. 
And I like them having a little bit more time before he's supposed to like die to get to have this moment together. And I actually don't mind that song, but Mel Gibson's singing voice is a little too Mel Gibson-y. I actually, when I heard that, I didn't think it was his voice until the end they had credits and said that it was actually him. And I was like, "Hmm." it sounds exactly like Mel Gibson's talking (laughs) voice. Like... Uh, though that explains one of the notes here that I wasn't sure what it meant. It was just, John is so ready to die. Like he is, he's not even putting up a fight. He doesn't try to escape at all. He's just like, "Uh, I guess I'm going to die tomorrow. And I think them having this little love song about if I'd never knew you, I would have never learned stuff. I would have never been in this place I am now. I think that's a better moment. And they have Mm -hmm. a reprise later where right at the very end, when he's like laying there died and she has that moment where she has, he says the same thing. And she says um, the same line that I can't remember. And she says it back to him about (laughs) 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 not regretting being met him. And they sing a little bit of it back to each other. And I think that's a nice moment of Mm -hmm. them not regretting meeting each other, even though the love didn't work out them having learned and grown from each other. And I think it makes it less sad about the fact that they don't have the fairy tale ending. Mm, okay. Because we I are did... getting by measures to that ending, and I have notes on it, but that makes a lot of sense. It that makes, ending could have worked a lot better sense. if they fixed this third act. But I, I do didn't agree like that... the way the song fit into that scene very well, because they were like in a tent singing. Well, I, although you did say that animation was added later, because it did go yes. into kind of a weird it, thing. They but... cut it during when they were like testing it because apparently children found it boring <laughs> and adults found it depressing now I'm like, of it's funny it's you say depressing. that it's funny you say that because i don't remember the scene at all because this was the point in the film where i realized sometimes the indians don't have noses because <laughs> <laughs> the way that they draw them occasionally they just do the nostrils oh I just noticed sometimes in perspective, Pocahontas has way too much eyeliner and her eyes look weird. (laughs) We talked about this in Cinderella too, that as beautiful as Disney animation is, animation does sometimes age in movement Mm -hmm. in weird ways. And sometimes Pocahontas' eyes have aged in weird ways. And also John Smith looks like literally every Don Bluth male character everywhere. He looks like Dimitri from Anastasia. (laughs) Except as a blonde. And it's weird because Don Bluth wasn't a Disney animator anymore for like 30 years at this point. They're just like, hey, you know what's popular? Don Bluth. (laughs) Let's steal his weird chiseled noses. Oh, goodness. (laughs) All right, let, let's move on to the third act. Going into savages. This is where they are, they are both, both sides are getting ready for war. And uh, Radcliffe apparently brought this entire suit of armor that he is putting on. Um, I, yeah, that's like black and matches his cape. Yes, and I have a note here because it reminded me of the uh, the Mitchell and Webb look skit. We're oh, just like, are we the baddies? Are we baddies? the baddies? I watched that today. Because and I, I, none of so how is it that he has this armor he wants that he wears to this battle, but none of the other guys get armor? Because I assume he's just because he's the titled, he's a titled gentleman, and so he has money to buy stupid things where everyone else is like Mm -hmm. blue collar working class, 
yeah. that signed up for this voyage thinking there was gold that could get them some money to make their way in the world where he's like, I just want people to like me. Yeah. So I'm gonna also, wear this fancy suit. Well, yes, A, he is rich. B, he's a coward. So he, he didn't bring weapons that were gonna help him. He brought the armor that's gonna make all their weapons not hurt him. And make him look cool because he's Unless a Unless they hit him in the face because he didn't have a helmet on. <laughs> but that true. would ruin his hair and yeah, his pretty true. little pike tails. And the regular people did have those helmets. It's, and John Smith had a chest plate. Yeah. At some point um, I will in the say film. My, my note for this song was Obvious villain gets mob song <laughs> Oh I do really like this song With the the savages Savages barely even human And like both sides singing it Oh and the uh, the Great animation they do to, to end the song is like these two Cloud fronts rolling in Meeting in the center and then lightning hitting Yeah storms of Berlin It was I so yeah, all all the songs in this movie are recognizable and good, but I, "Colors of the Wind" is supposed to be that big emotional song that's that has all the imagery and stuff. But this one also has its own imagery, and as you point out, with the clouds and everything, mm-hmm. but it also has like that heavy beat and it's really intense. And this... I think I tend to go for that kind of thing more than the emotional songs. <laughs> so I just this one and the the Virginia song at the very beginning, I think yeah. I liked better. Than the solos with for, just Pocahontas. Even so, though they weren't your favorite, you can still admit like the other songs are good. Are there wasn't one you absolutely I hated. I never said that they weren't. All um, right, I, that's that's <laughs> why I want to communicate to our listeners that like there's not a bad song. Correct. Different people have different opinions on which one they like better. Um, for for being within the like it's a Disney princess movie, mm-hmm. I would say it has a lot musically in common more with like Hunchback, where this is a very especially this one is a very aggressive song. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is a very like it's not a nice song, and it uses very angry, aggressive, not nice. It's kind lyrics. of the mob song from Beauty and the Beast. I was just too. about yes. to say so. that they're putting their <laughs> courage to the sticking place. This is not necessarily a song you'd want to sing in public because <laughs> yeah, because it's well, incredibly <laughs> racist. It is, but it's it's making a point with that in the no. fact that he's not portrayed as a song where they are in the right by singing these lyrics. Yeah. These are bad people. I think South Park made things. fun of this with the the bigger, longer, and uncut with their "Blame Canada" song, where they're like, "Blame Canada, they're not even a real country anyway." Yes, this has that, you know, the racist and fighting it. They're not people saying nice things about each other. I don't know that it's quite as bad as, as some of the songs from Peter Pan. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so after this song is this... So this ending, which we have finally gotten to, the whole film's <laughs> been building up to this conflict, and it doesn't deliver, which I guess is not the point of the movie, but it's a weird to have like this big emotional song that is getting everyone jazzed for war or at least scared to see what comes out of this conflict between these two peoples. And when they meet on the battlefield, nothing. It stops abruptly and immediately. And like, there's nowhere to put all that emotion that you just built up. Well, so what are the Englishmen doing at this point? Because they walk up, they see the enemy, they see them about to kill John Smith, and they just stop and watch instead of trying to stop anything. You gotta prep your guns. All right, I will give you that, because... (laughs) Yeah, because it didn't make sense to me why these people with guns didn't just show up and start shooting. But no, they have to have this 
this symbol of war, which is apparently John Smith's death, which would have launched everything. Or frankly, I don't think those guys really wanted to do anything, and so they're putting it off as long as they can. Like, I don't think Thomas, even though he he's the only one who really shoots anyone. Well, I guess Radcliffe shoots someone. Yeah. I don't think Thomas really wanted to shoot anyone. I think Thomas really only shoots someone because he gets told the whole movie, you're not a real man if you don't shoot someone. Yeah, you gotta kill he's that a sad engine. Little, he's this sad little nervous boy who's getting bullied by Radcliffe. He's like, you gotta be a real man. He's <laughs> like, I'm sad and I want to be a real man to make my mama proud. I just want money to make my mama proud, I guess. Who you see at the beginning because he oh. says goodbye to his parents. And he's but like, we're not oh. at the beginning. We are at the end. I know. Uh, so... <laughs> This and I think they don't want to listen to Radcliffe. Animation. We're in like the course of 30 seconds. Pocahontas falls down on John Smith. Don't kill him, Dad. I kind head. of like this white man. Uh, no, and she then, says, I love him. You have to, if, if you're going to kill him, five. you have to kill me too. Yes. I love him. Sacrificing herself. And then everyone's laying down arms. Radcliffe grabs a gun and tries to shoot the chief in the back. But oh. John Smith jumps in the way no, and he gets pirouettes shot in the way. somewhere. <laughs> he pirouettes in the way. <laughs> well, he learned how to do it in Colors of the Wind. Um, I kind of like the scene by the fact that this is the only useful thing John Smith has done this entire movie. Because really, up until the point, this point, the only thing John Smith has done is almost get himself killed mm-hmm. and be pretty. Pocahontas has done literally everything. Because she's the one who has attempted to talk to both sides. like she talked to her father she's the one who stops him from getting killed Mm -hmm. she's the one who's done everything he's just stood there and is pretty enough that pocahontas wants to make peace yeah arguably he's had one conversation with radcliffe and saw found that was a non-starter and didn't try to do anything else yeah because he basically went yeah i met this pretty girl i don't think we should fight them and then he's like yeah you're dumb he's like oh yeah you're dumb they have all the gold obviously and, they're and hiding Pocahontas it from like, you that's no, why they told should. you it was corn <laughs> and so he's kind of this dumb pretty boy and Pocahontas is like yeah no way I'll fix this <laughs> yeah though I did like how they they balanced out the characters somewhat in that usually if you have a couple or a duo or something they both don't do something one does considerably more than the other and you could argue before this Pocahontas definitely did more than John Smith but they both have that moment where they save the day because she saves him and then he also stops them going to war by saving her father yes so they both have the same action back to back showing how right they are for each other i guess but then they can't get married because that would cause a time paradox (laughs) because john smith has gone back in time to be here and no, needs to go back in, so- back in time married. to father his son to stop him from the Terminator. No, because in history, they don't get married. She marries a different John, which happens in the second movie. They try to get back on track historically in the second okay. movie. Yeah, though it's... Kind of. So, the, the ending here is where I kind of had a problem with the film. Where John Smith is on presumably his deathbed. Um, he's just on a stretcher (laughs) yeah now they try to make it like he's gonna go back and get healed and be better and all that but 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 on a boat trip to england how long is that gonna take and we've seen he doesn't die we've seen how treacherous this boat trip is on the way out here 
No, but he literally doesn't die. I I understand we that. Are aware Historically, of this. and within the okay. canon of the movies, okay. he doesn't you, you die. Know that we don't okay. care about the okay. other movies. Historically, yes, I will give you that. This film does not match history in the slightest. So we're throwing history out of the window. In the the reality of this film, this character would die. But in the movies, he doesn't die. He shows every up in the other movie character that got shot in this movie Gibson. died. And we're still not talking about the sequels. He gets played by a different Gibson <laughs> the in that movie. Time. He gets played by Mel Gibson's brother in the other movie. And in real life, and I think there was John He John was played Smith by wrote... Mel Gibson's brother in real life? No, in <laughs> yeah, the second movie. Because I guess they're now. interchangeable. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like in real life, the other Gibson brother. Anyway, but I think there were historical records where John Smith wrote two versions of him hanging out with this tribe. And one involved them just being chill and just like getting along and one who's like it was mean to me and Pocahontas had to like be my friend but that one was probably wrong because he wrote it later and he just wanted attention so, but I have to look that up because that might be wrong regardless if he <laughs> dies or not they get separated these two people who have been falling in love the whole movie don't get their happy ending they split up at the end and even though like <gasps> she chases after him and again uses the power of the wind To push his boat forward, like, they end up separated. You want to know how John Smith actually died? Was it a gunshot wound? No! Did he duel Alexander Hamilton? No. (laughs) Consumption! Sarah's favorite cause of death. (laughs) No, he he got injured by an accidental explosion of gunpowder. (laughs) Close enough to a gunshot. (laughs) I think that was great! Good job! Yeah, so, this is my problem with this film, in that you have two very... Weird emotional notes, one okay. right after the other, that don't follow up with what the entire film has been building up to. Well, we talked about, the, I don't remember if it was before we started recording, we talked about it a little bit, but with Hunchback, the same thing, where I, that's not one of my favorites, and Love this one really one. isn't either. And the end is just weird, because you've been watching this whole story unfold, and then the hero, supposedly, doesn't get anything out of it at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To not die. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, so that's great. I was right. <laughs> so one of the versions John Smith told in real life right. was that Pocahontas threw herself across his body to save his life. But people say that probably was something he made up. But it is a real thing said, but there was no romance because she was like 11. Okay. I have one final note of this final scene, which is John is laying on a stretcher. Pocahontas comes in with her posse who will have like food for the journey and whatnot. And... She gives him something, which is a ground-up part of her grandmother to help with the healing process. It's not process. her real grandmother. Yeah, but it's a weird note. It's just like, here, no, I ground up that woman thing. you met. It should help you heal, I guess. Willow Bark has a um, chemical in it that is the basis for aspirin. But if the tree is living... It's weird to think a about. A tree can lose bark. They lose bark constantly. But that means she's cutting pieces off of her but living grandmother. It's a living character. But I thought the grandmother said to take it. Okay. I will grant you it's probably not weird in that the uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe is not weird, where food comes out to greet you before you slaughter it and eat it. <laughs> but, but willow bark was used as a pain reliever at that point in time, so it's actually historically accurate. Fine. Anyway, I'm going to say I love that ending. I think it's beautiful. It made me get a little verklempt. Because mm-hmm. I think it, it's this moment of what they brought to those two societies coming together and the, the peace that ended with that thing 
was more important than their personal relationships. And her, I think that that music swell that happens as she's running up the thing, as she's watching the boat leave, is beautiful, and I like it. Okay. So, okay, I can see that, but you're saying something about peace between their peoples, but then these peoples go all go their separate ways, and presumably never see each other again so hey no pokemon <laughs> sees john smith in the second one yeah 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 though yeah second one that we're still i agree with mark it's like they don't have a lasting peace they avoided one battle yeah, and like their societies are not intertwined and, now and by he any says means. uh the father says that he says whatever happens in the future it will not be my doing any violence that happens will not be my mm. doing and so it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things for this moment in time, for this group of people, they were able to overcome it. And so it doesn't have to be a large-scale thing. It doesn't have to be the entire world. For okay. this Carl group of people. Carl is not impressed. Okay. <laughs> but, hmm. You don't need As the... In comparison to other Disney films, which have, you know, the happy ending where the world is safe. I think this safe, was a happy ending. I no. disagree. And also, like, Disney had a formula up to this point. This drastically changes the formula in that all of the notes that have been up to this point are different than the final emotional notes of the film. Happy ending is like the two people who are in love get together and yeah. lives happily ever together. after. Not I'm going to yes. send you away and, that's and be why thousands of miles apart. That's why it's in a different emotional note than every other Disney film. I like that. I like it's, Does that mean you don't like every other Disney film? It's no. interesting in comparison to other things, but... I don't it's know. allowed to not be a perfect ending. It's allowed to be. That doesn't mean we have to like it. Yeah. It's allowed to have some bittersweetness to it. It's allowed for them to be able As to an be adult, slightly sad. I can appreciate it. As a kid, that complexity of emotion doesn't speak to me. Maybe I was just more mature than you at that age. <laughs> at that age, not anymore. <laughs> nope. You have fallen <laughs> off the register. I am the most mature. The most, for sure. The best forever. Anyway, uh, if you guys have no more notes. Oh, I have one thing I talked about when, when I picked this movie is the fact that, so this came out in 1995. Mm -hmm. So I was seven. And I was talking about the fact that this was the first When Sarah Disney... was just seven, she sailed seven. the open seas. Well, I was seven or six. Whenever. When did this come out? It came out in June, so I was like six. Okay. Um, this was the first Disney princess movie I actually remember coming out uh. in theaters. This was my first one that I remember seeing. And so I was wondering, would that that probably be the same for you, Carl? Mm. Do you remember seeing this one? Or ha having this? Cause Gosh, like, I don't know. My I mostly remember Disney movies from the VHS tapes. I don't know if my parents just didn't take me out to movies. But yeah, this one doesn't ring a bell for me of going to see it. Now, I do remember all of like the promotional material because mm -hmm. I believe like Burger King had the glasses mm -hmm. that were themed with Pocahontas. So we definitely had those in the home, but I don't recall going to a theater to see it. Because the Disney Princess movie that would have been lying for Disney's Renaissance, the one right before this would have been Lion King, which was 1994, which I do remember when that came out. But mm -hmm. the Disney Princess before this would have been Aladdin, which was 1992, yeah. which I would have been like three See, or four. I remember Aladdin so I a lot better than I remember this yeah, one. I'm not but sure I remember, I don't remember seeing any out. of them in a theater. I do remember all, of, like you said, all promotional materials. Mm -hmm. I don't remember watching too much yeah. in the theater. Besides, 95 was the same year that Toy Story came yeah. out, and who cared about Pocahontas that but, year? Like Aladdin. 
That's true. I w- had just turned four when that came out, so I don't remember that being in theaters. Pocahontas, I specifically remember going to see it because we went to it the first time and the screen broke and we had to go back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was my first actual Disney princess movie okay. that I got to see on a big screen. Right. Because Aladdin and I wouldn't have been old enough. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast and came what, out in, what, 91? 91? Yeah. So I would have been two. I do remember seeing that one at school. We had a movie night like once a month or something. So, like, and Beauty and the Beast was there yeah, one time. I, I had Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast on and Cinderella and all those on DVD. But yeah. I mean, they came out. Little Mermaid came out before I was born. That was 86. Hmm. Beauty and the Beast, I was very little. This nah, was, this was yeah. my first really Disney Mermaid princess. Mermaid was not in 86. Yeah, because yeah, I don't recall. Well, I don't know the years. <laughs> like, I don't catalog oh, yeah, Disney movies in chronological Sorry. order. Because my main memories of them, it's just having VHSs to the nines, like every Mm -hmm, possible plastic case of a VHS tape at my fingertips and choosing which ones to watch as opposed to watching them in order as they were released. And that was when they started coming out with those colored cases for the VHSs Mm -hmm. to match it. Those were so much fun. Pocahontas like was... Monsters Inc. was a blue VHS tape or what? something. What? No, this one yeah. I specifically it's being like the, the first Tony one I remember. Hawk of VHS tapes. This one I specifically being the first Disney movie I remember like going to the theaters to see, like for princess movies. And Lion King was the first one I remember like buying the VHS like new when it was released. Like it had been in the theaters, and when it released. We bought it like the week it came out on VHS, and I remember buying that. So those were like the ones that came out during my childhood. I remember buying because, like, a lot of the other ones, I was a little baby. A little baby. Always had them. Just a little baby. So, so that was so. So Pocahontas has a special place in my heart. Is my my first princess movie. All right. Well, with that note, let's go on to (laughs) games. first game is the pitch game where we take two properties uh and put them together to make this movie <laughs> um in the form it's this meets this so what two things make up pocahontas mark start us off make me go first and i have to choose here mm-hmm. so since uh, we already discussed this at length earlier <laughs> i have uh, when a young princess falls in love with a man from another land who travels by boat, they have communication problems, but her animal friends help her win his heart. And Mel Gibson traveling to another country, intent on killing its inhabitants, uh, he's caught and tortured for the woman he loves. We have Little Mermaid beats Braveheart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sarah, you're up. Uh, because we have tree magic and... A movie that's a white 80s, 90s heartthrob with nice hair and Native Americans. We have Fern Gully meets Dances with Wolves. Ha! <laughs> All right. You have taken one of mine. I suppose I'll do that one. <gasps> I know. Uh, so I've got two characters from warring factions falling in love secretly and ultimately coming to a tragic end. And... A Caucasian ultimately becoming accepted by a Native American tribe with tragedy striking when white men come with designs on their land. It is Romeo and Juliet meets Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen Dances with Wolves. Neither have I. Oh. I'm a really big fan of Kevin Costner. Spoiler alert. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin Costner. <laughs> it is Kevin Costner. 
Kevin Costner, right? I'm going to so. wait until we do the next round to see if anybody mentions the other one that I thought might get mentioned. Okay. But So, uh, my next one, because travelers from England terrorize the natives while one of them falls in love, and adventurers to a new world in search of riches, but instead find natives and love, we have Tarzan meets Almost Heroes. Oh. I don't know that last one. Yeah, I don't know that one either. That's it's a Chris Farley and David Spade. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Okay. Nope. The comedy okay. duo of the 90s, everybody. I think it was David Spade. It's no, it's Matthew Chris Perry. Farley. I know that. Oh, yeah, okay. that's better. That's yes. different. Oh, <laughs> um... Because it is some people from England on a boat trying to find gold, and a young girl who refuses to stay put and listen to her father, it is Little Mermaid meets Treasure Island. Oh, oh. <laughs> could have sworn you were going to go with Rodel Dorado. Surprise. Ooh, I actually thought about that too, but I didn't write it down. <laughs> All right. So I've got a man risking everything, an adventurer to get precious material out of the ground, coming at odds with the occupants of the land. And a Native American tribe being pulled into a conflict they never wanted, and a member of the tribe falling for a colonist, it's There Will Be Blood meets Last of the Mohicans. Which I love the pairing of, because they're both Daniel Day-Lewis movies. That's, that's the one I was waiting for somebody to say, too. <laughs> so, okay, my third one. I am going to cheat and only say one movie, because it's the only one you need to say. Uh -huh. And it's Avatar, because, obviously. <laughs> I use that in a different game. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's my weird one. Oh, good. Because it's a bunch of people being forced to dig holes. <laughs> and two yep. people who are whose friendship is kept apart because of the differences in their societies. It's Holes meets the Fox and the Hound. <laughs> oh, so sad. I... I did have a runner-up if uh, oh, I got Carl's one more. No, you got your last one. Uh, so I've got seafaring men on the search of buried treasure using a compass that spins randomly, and a Caucasian character is discovering Native American culture through a member of the tribe and a piece of magical wood. It's Pirates of the Caribbean meets Indian in the Cupboard. So what is your honorable okay. mention? Did it get mentioned? Uh, no. Explorers to a new land, g getting there by ship, searching for treasure, end up destroying civilization, and one member falls in love with a local princess, was Atlantis. Ah, uh, the Lost Empire. <laughs> yes. You that, should watch that movie. That Atlantis. That's a good movie. That's an underrated Disney movie. Yeah, I, yes, I like that one. I like that one, too. Okay. All right. Unlike all of other Sarah's <gasps> underrated My suggestions movies. are good. <laughs> All right, our second game is alternate tagline, a word or phrase you would see on the movie poster for this film, uh, which kind of summarizes the theme of the movie, though hopefully missing the point. So for reference, the two taglines that Hollywood put out for Pocahontas are Pocahontas, an American legend comes to life, and Pocahontas, two worlds, one true love. One thing. Yes, two That's worlds, one family, movie. one love, one heart, one goal forever. Bob Marley. All right, Mark, you're going to start <laughs> us off. Uh, right. So we've talked about this a lot. Uh -huh. So Pocahontas, history, almost, with more singing. Very good. Anyone? Sarah, right. go ahead. Pocahontas, <laughs> love Avatar, hate the color blue, this movie's for you. <laughs> 
I wanted to put Avatar in the tagline, but I already had it in the other one. Oh, I, really, I like mine because it rhymed. I really like that one. Uh, so this one was a it's a line in the film, and I've seen it as a meme for this movie as it kind of describes all of history, which is Pocahontas. These white men are dangerous. <sighs> yes. Uh, this one is slightly been stolen already. Sure. For my second one, Pocahontas, America's Romeo and Juliet. Boo, not one died. I mean, Cocoa died, but he doesn't count. Boo, nobody died. Boo, no one cares about Cocoa. Sorry, Cocoa. You're not real. (laughs) I don't think he was a historical figure. Okay. Uh, So my second one is Pocahontas, never trust a man in a cape. (laughs) Uh, If we've learned nothing else from Edna... I think it was Edna something in the Incredibles. Edna mode. Uh, so mine has to do with a very specific scene uh, and a very specific uh, reference. Uh, it's Pocahontas. The Indian word for gold is maize. <laughs> Moving you, on. That you was did all have I it had. in a voice that sounded like Pocahontas <laughs> saying something to John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I have two more. Sarah, are you out? I'm out. All right. Uh, Pocahontas taking the river less traveled by. Bah. Yeah. <laughs> and more of an actual one. Pocahontas, any man can be a savage. That could be a real one. Mm-hmm. Just a very depressing one. Sa- are you rocking out to savages? Who? Uh, Sarah. Savage just... Garden? Oh. oh okay. I was... <laughs> All right. Black Savage? Black Savage? <laughs> no, it's, it's no. my... Um, Black Sabbath, Savage Garden <laughs> cover band. I mean, it's pretty good. All right. Um, We're going to move on to our third game, which is uh, the TV Guide game. A description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV Guide or Netflix description, though hopefully missing the point. Mark, start us off once again. A magistrate tries desperately to secure riches for himself and his men while establishing a new colony in hostile territory. All right. I'm going to do my one that... Kind of goes along with that, or or okay. uses the same character. Unpopular man's attempt to gain the approval of his peers goes too far. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, I've got the harrowing tale of a failing overseas mining operation, which leaves its sponsor imprisoned and its captain mortally wounded. See, we're getting closer to the actual, <laughs> actual story here. Also, I think all of those could be used for Avatar, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. Uh. <clears throat> all right. A heroic man dies fighting for the love of his betrothed while the brash invader almost gets the girl. Pretty good. Pretty great. A friend's overprotecting cock-blocking almost causes war. <laughs> now, is this Flit? <laughs> this is, um, shoot. Thomas. Forget her name. Nicole. Nicole. Na, na, yeah. Nicole? Was that it? I don't know. Nicole. The girl with the cool bangs. Yes, yes. that one. Uh, I've got. She doesn't talk very much. She doesn't. She has a very small role. All right. She talks just enough to get everyone in trouble. I have the story of a governor continually refusing to accept that friendship is the real treasure. Oh. I thought corn was the real treasure. <laughs> oh, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> After trusting an amazing story <gasps> about the value of corn, one man gets an earful. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Oh, the puns. No, no. They've shot me in some ambiguous spot in my side. 
You know, it's like John Smith never bleeds when he gets shot either. I don't think any of them did, actually. I don't think Kokomo. Kokomo. <laughs> See, I made a joke about almost saying that earlier. Now I just want I jinxed myself by like joking about saying it wrong, and so I had to say it wrong. Kokomo. Oh, Kokomo. Doesn't bleed either. This is true. He just yes. dies from loud noises. <laughs> he died from a broken heart. <laughs> loud noises. <Sure. laughs> All right. Which which seems weird because it's very soon after this that they do Hunchback and they burn someone to death. Well, yeah, they had to make up for it. For not having blood. Yeah. Okay, so my well, last Hunchback one. was a really dark movie. So was this. They tried to beat someone's head in. Well, yeah. Anyway, my last one is a young girl tries to solve serious political problems with love and tree magic. (laughs) All right. My final one is a man renowned for his Indian killing abilities, not killing a single gosh darned Indian while a man really digs his new Virginian home. almost punny oh no that's as punny as i get all right (laughs) let's move on to our reviews our first scale as always is the potato scale measuring the emotional feels you'll get from this film in terms of our relationships with potatoes so who would like to start us off what is pocahontas in terms of potatoes i say potatoes let's call the whole thing off (laughs) we're done podcast canceled (laughs) Potatoes. Everyone go home. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess no one else is gonna go with this here. Well, I, I told never you we're canceled. Ahead. Oh, canceled. The end. Oh, right. I so m- m- multiple times have said that it's not my favorite. Um, so it's h- kind of hard to give it a rating. Obviously, we have also talked much about the dark nature of the film. So definitely I'm going to go with Black Potato because of the troubling issues. But as far as the movie overall, it has good music and it is based uh, slightly on history. So, but I just don't, I don't know. I know. This one's a <laughs> The tough story one itself, too. I didn't really get into. I may say Black Potato Skins. Okay. And for those who maybe do not know the rating, Black Potato is for troubling issues. The Potato Skins is not enough there, but it has its moments while being ultimately disappointing. Okay. Someone else made that one because I love the skins. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't it's know just that, that there's not a whole <laughs> lot there. It's You're just eating the skins and not the meat of the potato. Anyway. I love um, potato skins. I, just the skin. Fine. Not even with they're, the stuff on it. They're great. It's just that they're an appetizer, it. not a meal. No, I'm not even talking about the appetizer. I had to skin off of baked potatoes. Weird. All right. Carl, your potatoes have meat in them? Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what the they also have bones, which is weird. All right. Whoa. Are you All sure right. you're eating the potatoes? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm like 9% like these are potatoes. All right. Uh, so This episode is weird. <laughs> so I am going uh. to say, uh, I'm going to agree with Mark on the... The troubling issues. It's more death than I would expect in a Disney film. Only one person dies. Yeah, but like they are charging they towards to kill a lot war. Of like the the sense is that a lot of people are gonna die at the end. 
Uh, and it's weird for a Disney film that I I don't even think of going to Mashed Potatoes, which is our review for Homie and Heartwarming. It's just weird that something in the Disney canon doesn't evoke that emotion. Um, let's see. I'm... Mm, yeah, this one's tough because it builds emotions and then it takes a weird left turn at the very end. Uh, and in that regard... I might have to go with box potatoes in that it's for the emotions. They're not as good as it could be or should be. Uh, It's just it. My review for like whether you should go back and watch it will be much higher than this thing suggests. But it's it just it sent my emotions for a loop. And that's the closest one we have for that. So, yeah, I guess it's black box potatoes for me. I will agree with you guys on the black potatoes. This is a, a, a very serious issues this movie deals with um which i think the the disney princess disney like renaissance movies that deal with um meet like their original content isn't a fairy tale they tend to be this way a little bit more like hunchback is also this way mulan gets a little bit into that as well and so these ones that are a little historical are based on books as opposed to fairy tales or things like that tend to be a little darker so i agree with the black tale but I still really like this one um, and a category that didn't have a name until right now. And I made this up and this will change probably because it was just the first thing I thought of. It's going to be a steak and shake fry, which is filling in for the category of second place potato. Because <laughs> um, I do really like it. It's not my favorite Disney movie, but I think the music's beautiful. I like the fact that it's not this traditional fairy tale happy ending. I, I like that it has this almost bittersweet quality to it. Um, so I think it's, it's not quite at the top, but it's, so it's not quite a five guys fry. It's also not homey. It doesn't make me feel like happy and warm at the end. It makes me feel a little teary, a little like, like the kind of happiness I feel after listening to a sad song. I really like that sort of feeling, but it's still an emotion I like having. It's just a different emotion. Um, so that's the category. So you guys can change that potato if you want. That was just the fries I could think of. Yeah, I guess what it might make me think of as well is a blue potato. I'll throw that into my review as well. I think that's the yeah. one we've had for adult downer, but could also apply to like, like you were saying, with the very sad songs. This has an emotional note to it that you occasionally want to go back to. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's go on to our second review, which is a rewatchability scale uh, from zero to 10 rating whether you would should go back and watch this film. So what do you guys have on that scale? I'm going to give this one an eight. I really like it. I would say that I would go back and watch this again a lot, but I would give it the caveat of it is a little harder to recommend to literally everyone. This isn't necessarily one that's fun for the whole family. <laughs> Obviously people who want that happy ending all of the time are not going to enjoy it. People with very small children probably aren't necessarily going to have to like explaining why is everyone trying to murder each other? Like this, like it's not just an American thing where terrible, like every country has some history that you're going to have to explain to your children at some point, even talking about like actual Native American history. There's some stuff like we talked about earlier, like they, they weren't this like peaceful infant baby race. They did some stuff too. Like, so it's going to ask, have some questions you're going to have to answer for your kids about why is everyone murdering each other? Why were these people so awful? So maybe not for like little baby kids, if you don't want to do that. 
Um, so there's people I wouldn't recommend it to. So not necessarily a 10 out of 10. Everyone should watch this forever. If you're Mark, you shouldn't watch this again. <laughs> but I still I still really enjoyed it. I think there's people that would enjoy it with me. I Don't give me that who, face. People who don't know me may not know that I am a big Disney person, <laughs> which we may or may <gasps> not have mentioned what? before. So it's probably just weird for you to hear me even say bad things about Disney movie. But I uh, actually am going to agree with Sarah on that. It should probably be an eight, maybe even higher. I think that from historical standpoint, yes, it's not entirely accurate, but it gives you a jumping off point. If you have children who want to watch this movie, then you have a reason to lead into the story and get into the history of all of those conflicts and figure help the kids learn something while they're watching a movie that's meant to entertain. And, and, to be um, fair and to I think Disney, that's really the point. And to be fair to, to Disney, be educational and entertainment. John Smith's actual personal accounts weren't very historically accurate either. So but, yeah, yeah. So it I, I would put it at an eight. Um, I think you know it, it has those troubling issues that we talked about. So there are some things to be aware of. And it may not be my favorite, but other people still like it. And the music is great, so that's even something worth watching it for, just for the music, even if you don't like the story. And having kids watch it, again, is a good thing, just because I think it was, even though it has those adult issues, they are kind of watered down so that it can still be enjoyed at a younger age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, surprisingly i'm going to agree with both your scores and also <gasps> go with an eight we all agree i know it's weird <laughs> given how much we argue um this hasn't happened since ants i know because um, mark was gone but um for me i've always reviewed this as as an adult would you go back and watch this film and the answer to me is yes everything leading up to like the last five minutes is great um and like the primary, secondary, and even tertiary characters are all great. And, like, nobody's stealing the show. They all work together really, really well in this. Uh, the only downer for me is, like, the, the ending is not that happy ending that I wanted, which is where the, the two point, the, the points, points are falling off of my scale here. Uh, but, yeah, I would definitely go back and watch this. It's, if nothing else, it's a beautiful music video of a fantastic album. And there's some real soothing, beautiful voice acting choices that just are nice and well done. And you should, if if you can, you should watch the deleted scene so you can see what we were talking about. I will probably post a link to it at some point. Uh, that is going to bring us to plugs. Sarah, would you like to tell people where they can find us online if they so choose to do so? Yes! Sorry. Um, you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can find each other at Retrograding Party Line to hang out and talk with each other about episodes. You can find us at our website, retrograding.fireside.fm, or you can find us at iTunes. Just type in Retrograding. Also, arm you and give us a like, a review, a share, any of those things. Um, get together with your friends, have a hangout party, introduce them to us. We love it. We'd love to know what you're doing to spread the love. Yeah, tell us how you're finding this thing. Tree magic. Tell us anything. Anyway, uh, 
Our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her at Dominique A. Barnes on SoundCloud if you'd like to contact her or know more. It's going to bring us to our final section, which is, guys, I learned something today. Uh, we're going to pass it over to Sarah to tell us the lesson she picked up from this film. Guys, if you meet a weird guy in a cape, don't trust him to know where the gold is. Mm, words to live by. All right. That's going to close out this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you all next time go some guys from the virginia company decide to set sail for the i can't see that stop restart restart i have to move my window oh you gotta be kidding me why do you even need to look at it because he's holding it up <laughs> just why talk. do you not have the why do you not have Cause the my window re- up so you can see the timer that i'm putting on the screen because my audacity was covering it okay and all right go all right. here we go again And in three, two, one, go. Well, with that note, let's go on to games. (laughs) Apparently the boys don't care about that 10-minute long note. (laughs) All right, and I have got to use the restroom. Oh, my God, I'm going to explode. No, you can't. I'm going to explode. Did you see your girlfriend's hair? Yes, I saw that already. I have to comment on it, but restroom first, for the love of God. Yeah? Phoebus gets the girl. Yeah, Phoebus gets the girl. Hercules is great. It is great, though I remember having the soundtrack on VHS, which is how I fell in love with both that, or not VHS, you the soundtrack on VHS. Uh, cassette tape. Um, you know, the VHS of music. Please let us finish this. No!